0: music to their ears in the back room. If there's money to be made, then it's a hundred in the shade and in the back room. I don't get it. The pop culture get off my lawn cast. Welcome to it. You're listening to me. It's us. It's this. We feature the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring at the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry, of something called American Caesar Enterprises, which, by the way, was the firm behind the big Bartles and James ad campaign. <laughs> Inside they, joke. they thanked Inside us joke. for their support.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I am joined, as always, by this guy. Uh, my name is Noah Tarno. I'm the founder and the senior quiz master of the Big Quiz Thing. For 20 years now, the trivia game show Spectacular. You 20, years. Are, wow, so 20, fucking, 20 years? Wow, so let's see. I get 20 years! Not the a bin, peep for the, the likes of Rusty Milio.
0: The Big Quiz thing cannot rent a car in most United States, no, I think. Really no, it is really can't. What is, is the, that about? It's on the cusp of drinking alcohol, but not quite there yet.
1: Why can you not rent a car till you're 25? Why
0: is it you can buy a gun at the age of 13 years yeah, old in because Florida? Because America
1: is guns. Be it, yeah. Guns get Ameri- everything. Let's car- not get into this uh, here. America was,
0: was cars before guns, though. That, you know, you have, like, you, they want you to have a car. They, if you, as long as you can afford it, you should have an automobile. So why they... Well,
1: but a, an automobile isn't uh, a substitute for someone's penis, and people don't hang on to it. Let me ask
0: something. Did you rent a car before the age of 24 years old?
1: I think I seem to remember doing it a couple times, finding like the one or two, you know, shitty services that would let you do that. So I, I think I did once or twice. But I never, I never, I, n- I never did.
0: No, you know it's like because it's like you know what, what, what cause would I've had to rent a car? I didn't fly anywhere unless my car broke down and
1: I, I needed. To I rented cars something. a bunch of times. I lived in New York City for years and didn't own a car, but I rented a car. Right, but by that
0: point, we I'd go were, away.
1: I, you know, whatever.
0: I, I'm saying up to the age of 24, I wasn't doing anything in any places that were necessarily car rentable areas. <laughs> didn't
1: go anywhere. It, no. didn't,
0: it's, it is true when I was 20. Yeah, look, man, I was a different when I was 24. Which is older than the Big Quiz thing. You know what? That's when the funny I thing. I 24? Th- I think of what the Big Quiz thing has done in its 20 years, and I'm starting to... I'll, I'll be honest. I'm starting to feel a little inferior for all the places the Big Quiz thing's been, all the people that it's met, the lives it's We've touched. We've been a lot. We've been a yes. lot. I
1: believe I have to update our map, because it kind of fell by the wayside when virtual happened. But... uh I think Big Quisting's been performed in thirty or thirty-one states. My like goal has I've always been to get all fifty. I've
0: probably been to about fifteen or twenty states max. That's, That's all thing. you've been to, really? Probably, yeah. I'm not. I'm Dude, not this guy up. lives
1: in Europe. He is as cosmopolitan you, yeah. as cosmopolitan as one gets.
0: I know, I know Liechtenstein like the back of my hand, and yet I've never been really? to the state of um, it,
1: Il- Indiana. No, it's about the size of Liechtenstein. Uh, it's about, I'm sorry, it's about It's about oh, the size of the background. Oh,
0: actually, you know what? Uh, I've only I have, driven I have through, been to Indiana.
1: I have been to I Indiana. I have not. I've only driven through India. I don't, see, here's my thing about being in a state. You have to get out of the car. Or, the, and, or you or, have or to the leave the airport. Airport, yes, exactly. Right. So, I have driven, states I've driven through, I haven't gotten out of the car. Idaho, Indiana, uh, and I've been in road, uh, rest stops in Rhode Island. Uh, probably a couple others. Georgia, I've only changed planes at the Atlanta airport, so I don't count that. But there are several, if we're getting back to my business, there are several states that the big quiz thing has been performed in that I've never been to because I wasn't at the event. Indiana and Georgia among them. South Kakalaki. So, what? South Kakalaki. You've been there? Uh, never been to South Kakalaki. Never heard of South Kekalaki. Uh Yeah, I think 30, 31 states, something like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm hoping to get all fifty before I die. Have you but, has the uh, has the big,
0: thing, big quiz thing ever been performed in California?
1: Once, or twice, once, a few times. Right, You're, any day now. It's or good. New York, actually. I'm wondering. I mean, the stats are lost in the mists of time. But uh, probably more events in New York than California, because we still do a lot in New York. And in the early days, they were basically all in New
0: York. Yeah, you've done a lot of miles and miles and miles in New York. Yeah, we'd have
1: one a year in New Jersey and like 30 in New York in the very early days. Anyway, so trivia game shows, fun. Yeah, Uh, Ironically, a lot of people (laughs) don't know that uh, the second most uh, numerous
0: place where you've done most big quiz things was in the Maritimes.
1: Oh yeah, Newfoundland. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big yeah. time. Yeah. Big time. We've been, in, time. We've been in Newfoundland, and it's easier to do a trivia game in Newfoundland <laughs> because. The Canadians. Just, so those who don't know, I mean, it's kind of antiquated, but you know, when we were kids, yeah, he's stupid. He's from Poland. You know, that was a joke. In Canada, they don't say Poland; they the say Canada Newfoundland. Maritimes.
0: A Newfoundland. In yeah, particular.
1: no, specifically the Newfies. Yeah, they if they want to say you're stupid, they say you're a Newfie. So wait, but the Mar-
0: the Maritimes are it's Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, and um, Labrador. Is, is it all of those? No. Well,
1: uh, Labrador is part of Newfoundland. The the oh. province is technically called. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, is called. Um, damn, man, uh, I, I. I know. It's been Canadian a long time, history. right? Uh, yeah, I think it's Newfoundland and Labrador, and then there's Prince Edward Island, oh, which P-E-I, is a province. Yes, That's true. Yeah. PEI. Nova Scotia is kind of interesting because Nova Scotia, other than Quebec, is the most French uh, of the provinces, and I believe it is the only province. Um, that officially has two languages, French and English. I think every other province is English except Quebec, which officially is just French. So the provinces, oh, I'm sorry, Newfoundland and Labrador is not considered part of the, the Maritimes. The Maritimes are Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick.
0: New Brunswick, there we go.
1: So I, uh, here. Now it's clear to me. But with Newfoundland and Labrador, they make up the region (laughs) of Atlantic Canada. So I was wrong. Nova Scotia is not the bilingual one. New Brunswick is. And then you got Nova Scotia, which I hear is gorgeous. And Halifax, I hear, is a cool city. PEI. Every time you mention that, my father tells me how he's been to PEI. He likes the muscles, that's why. It does have good muscles. And then Newfoundland Labrador just gets forgotten about. I used to, you know, I lived in Canada for three years. I knew the shit. And you know, I'm
0: okay, sure that a, so. that is considered like the Idaho of Canada. I'm sure a lot of Canadians are as, as fuzzy on this you as know. you are probably right now.
1: No, not the Idaho because the Idaho of Canada is probably like Saskatchewan. Oh, like Flin Flon
0: Manitoba or something like that. You go
1: out west, and it's like the Western United States, and it's, it's, so, it's so, so it's and a lot of jets. it's
0: depopulated. That's for it, sure. It's kind of hicky. Yeah, uh,
1: I've been to Winnipeg, Manitoba, and that's a awesome fucking city. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A cool city. I've Winnipeg, heard. I would go back to Winnipeg a thousand times. They've, over. they've had a great. hockey
0: team with some interruption, but it's it's you know right. If, if hockey lives there, then that's a place you want to go. If
1: hockey's there. It's cool, man. You know. Columbus, Ohio, yeah. Hartford, Connecticut. Hartford <laughs> still have a hockey team. Yeah, that's too hard for the
0: two Whaler references in two weeks. Like we did the Gordie uh, Howe last wayalers. week. We're all about too. the Whalers. All right. uh, we, we I was gotta, also into
1: hockey as a kid, but not we got to get to the yeah. shit. So, so get yes, to the shit.
0: There is yeah. an episode. We're doing a podcast that's not all about the Maritimes. We like to talk about something that is on the verge or is, it is teeming as as we speak. Something that's bubbling up with excitement,
1: enthusiasm. I, th- I You're being sarcastic, but I think this is a valid topic. No,
0: I'm, I'm actually not because the the, the reason why uh, there was like I'm a- I'm not being sarcastic. There was- <laughs> It's,
1: just, it's just the way I talk. What? We're,
0: I really uh, want to talk to you. There was a press release that came out this week about a filmmaker getting a shot. It was which this will be the I think the meat of a lot of what we're discussing. It was a precocious filmmaker was announced that he was making a deal with uh, A24, the influential producer, and uh, it sort of says, "Oh, there's this thing out there in the world called back rooms or, or the back room." Uh, the suppose. back room. The back room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, after maybe after the Bruce no, Springsteen the, song. Yes.
1: The back rooms, plural. The, back, just rooms. the back room is Tommy Wiseau's. Yes, yes, that's the sequel, sequel. The sequel
0: or the prequel to yeah. The Room. Prequel. So, uh. Back yeah. wall, back wall.
1: And, and I'll say it's like,
0: I don't, I don't think we've done a topic so far in over 415 episodes that we've we've done so far. Uh, not, don't, don't take that number seriously. Uh, which well, one, I still
1: think it's impressive, dude. You say oh, no, that. It, is. We're, it we're is. what? Like we're 215 or something? Oh, I could say
0: exactly what we are. We are at. What um, number? We are at 247. This is episode 247.
1: Look at that. So 425 or whatever is not. I don't that know. Crazy. We'll
0: hit there next week. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I, my head snapped
1: back and we're do- forth. We're doing a, a Manhattan project of new episodes. <laughs> yeah, Five right. a day.
0: It's a foundry, a think tank. Um, yeah, my head snapped back and forth on this topic, which I was really surprised. It went from being something I knew nothing about and was like completely pshawing. This was, a, I mean, it was at least the initial suggestion from our. Uh, one time guest, no time listener, uh, Nick Nadell, who, whose name pops up a lot. Believe Wait, me. he
1: never listens?
0: No, he doesn't listen. He doesn't, there's no way. He gives
1: us half our topics. I know, and he, and he just listen.
0: refuses, just won't, or can't be bought. What is this I a principal thing on this? <laughs> no, he doesn't have principles. It's oh, really man. okay.
1: No.
0: So, yeah, we're talking about the back room uh, or back the rooms. The back rooms,
1: plural, back dude. Rooms, plural.
0: Yeah. So yes. The back rooms. That's are, the whole point
1: is that there's more than one.
0: Yeah. So they are as follows, and this is the Wikipedia. And I, I mean, I, I, took just, me a while. I read that description. Yes, I had no idea what they were talking I about until I watched, watched several people, videos. I want people to know what I had to read. So, the Backrooms is an online urban legend and creepy pasta, which originated in a 2019 4chan thread about unsettling images. One of the first examples of liminal spaces, an internet aesthetic which usually includes busy locations, depicted as unnaturally empty. The back rooms are an endless maze of office rooms which are entered by no clipping, one word, out of reality in the wrong areas. So, again, if me and Noah have to know this, you do too now. So, okay. <laughs> as a prim- or you can turn it off right now. Yeah, as a primer. No, this is a, it actually gets really interesting to me. Uh, it, it, I it, think it is interesting. Oh, it's yeah, yeah, interesting. just It's yeah. hard
1: to wrap your mind around. Yes,
0: it's very much a creation of, of Gen Z and millennial or whatever. I don't know. But, um so yeah as a primer, by the way, a creepy pasta in quotes is a scary story that spreads through the internet. Uh, the term of no clipping, it's a video game term for commands or movements which allow the player to sort of walk through walls and objects. It's, it's a glitch when you have, like, a 3D environment and, you know, there's, like, certain spots where you can push through the wall in, in a game. Uh, doom or Quake or, you know, anything that involved in dungeons or halls.
1: There are parts right. where... They- I mean, I, I always saw it as, like, going places where the game, you know, you see yeah. a room in the game... You're not allowed to go in the room, but it's like a glitch where you you get to enter the room. Or you, know you I mean?
0: pass through a wall and there's just an empty space on the other side of the wall because again it's a glitch. But yeah, this is something that, you know, it's it's that's programming, but it's been um it's been kind of like co-opted for this. Um anyway, after circulating on 4chan, which of course if you don't know about 4chan, that it's not quite 8 chan, but it's stay not away, good. Stay, stay away. Stay away, yeah. Anyway, stay it's away. not yeah. Yeah, um, the backrooms came to life on YouTube, thanks in part to this man named um, uh, Kane Parsons. I keep writing Kyle. Kane Parsons. Kane
1: Parsons, who
0: who goes by a uh, some some.
1: There are people who actually gave birth to a child who consciously decided to name that child Kane. It's
0: weird, isn't it? But it happens. So Kane Parsons, who calls himself, he dubs himself Kane Pixels, which is actually pretty cool. That sounds better. It sounds like a professional wrestler named Kane Pixels. Um. Backrooms can be filled with just about anything. 16 uh, years old, by the way. I know at the time. yeah yeah, he's born in 2005 just to put it out there. 2005. Um, yes, the, so the back rooms can be filled with just about anything and Kane Parsons managed to pack the spooky environment filled with this is important VHS artifact that scares. He picked a very specific aesthetic in terms of his his art and filmmaking and graphics prowess. Um, The kickoff here was a a 2019 thread on, on, on the paranormal backslash x backslash board of 4chan in particular asking users to post disquieting images that just feel, quote unquote, off. And one of the submissions was the original lead photo of the back rooms. It was a picture of a large carpeted open room, yellow wallpaper, fluorescent lighting, and the photo was canted at a Dutch angle. Uh, and the phenomenon got a boost in the past week. Again, this is what we're talking about. Uh, two, the 2005 young child, Kane Parsons, Kane Pixels, was actually hired to direct a back themed horror film during his summer high school break. Uh, A24- But
1: well, turn- like he made a short film. He made a series, a series of short of films, short films, films. Yeah, it was. He made one short film that went viral, 45 million views, and then he made like 15 sequels. So now you could say this so much more simply, Bill. Sorry, I'm just stepping in here. You want a job done right, you do it yourself. Based on the virality of the short film, series of short films, he's been hired by A24, whoever, to make a feature film during the summer after his junior year of high school or whatever. Like yeah, holy
0: fuck! He's got some real horsepower behind him. A twenty four is like the one of the only. Not it's not the only name, but it is a uh, what, you, what they call elevated horror, which I hate that term. A twenty four did Midsummer uh, movies like that. I think A twenty four did Megan, our topic from a week or two ago.
1: You mean Mithriegen?
0: Mithriegen. Mithriegen uh churn it was a producer sean levy uh the guy who uh does the ninth museum movies he's one of ben stiller's friends he did, did the stranger things he's a pre- executive producer on stranger things yes and which our, you
1: think is the worst force in uh american culture the worst force in American culture
0: um and james wan who's the horror producer working for blumhouse again refer back to the m3gan episode now again just to, just to sort of put, pump the brakes on this a little bit the Slenderman phenomenon was a previous copy pasta which attempted to yeah, attempted to jump into uh, cross media it was made into a film it summarily flopped, and also the, pre, the Slender Man himself, the, the phenomenon actually inspired an attempted murder. I believe it was in Wisconsin between two young teenage girls a number of years ago.
1: Nothing to do in Wisconsin but attempted murder. So, can you blame them? Can you blame him exactly? Nothing to do except attempted murder. Not murder, except but attempted, attempted murder. Not successful
0: murder, attempted murder. If you, if you, the state, if they put it on the, the license plate, the vehicular manslaughter state, Wisconsin. Anyway, no, I, I, at first I felt like, well, this is going to be a little bit of a lark, uh, in terms of a thing. Like we're both going to have to understand what this is and, and power through the the really baroque Wikipedia thing. But I, I'm really curious, like, so where, where did you wind up shaking out all this I, stuff when I you sampled it? There, there,
1: there are a lot of pieces to this. Yes, the movie is the, is the big hook here, but it started as sort of this online community where it was, uh, like, you know, um, it was a collaborative kind of audience-based thing. You know, someone posted the the original backroom's photo and then people kind of added to the lore piece by piece and there was no central mind behind it. Kane Parsons only became has become the face of it because he took the initiative on his own to make this 10-minute movie that caught on. And I'll get to it, but I thought the movie was really good. It was really, really fucking it. good, yeah. I thought it was good and I watched a couple of the follow-ups. And, yeah. You know, cool. they all... They all felt like they were the same, but they were they were good for what they were. Um So it gets it this kind of, and it's funny, we talked about this with Mithrigan, the uncanny valley, right? The thing that is close to what you're used to, but just kind of off is creepy. And there's a theory that this is another example of that, is that these rooms, old office buildings, old faded carpet, the weird lighting, the strange angles, the creepy sounds, the echoing, the, the buzzing overhead lights, you know, watching these rooms that never end and, they're, and, and they're weird vacant. stuff on the yeah, wall in some totally of these videos, vacant. right, is, is sort of architectural uncanny valley. And I feel that. And I, I like that. And I relate to that concept because I remember from my childhood being fascinated with the concept of hidden rooms. I remember very clearly a dream I had when I was a kid that I poke through the wall of my bedroom where, if I really do that in real life, it would be the front of my house outside, but I poke through and it was a candy store, right? Wow. Yeah, isn't that cool? I remember yeah. having these fantasies. There was, when I was in kindergarten, I swear to God, one of these days I have to go back and look at this. When I was in kindergarten, my friends and I would walk to school, you know, as if anyone would let their kindergartners do that now. We would walk to school and we would take what we called a long cut, not a shortcut, a long cut. We would go behind these houses, and in my memory, it was like a fucking forest. We had to cross a dam, like walk along a dam, and like a rushing river. There's no way it was really like this in suburban New Jersey. I keep saying I want to go back and like walk behind this house and see what is there, you know, decades later. But the memory of it I kind of find, I, I, I find kind of creepy and fascinating. So I like this idea of these old abandoned, I've seen some of this online. I recently saw a um, series of photos online that someone went into like a Walmart, not a Walmart, but a store like that that has been abandoned and empty for like 15 years. And there's still all these ads up posters and it's dark and they went in and they took photos. They went like spelunking in there and it's creepy. And I kind of feel that. I think it's an uncanny valley thing. I, I kind of, it, it, it touches that nerve with me and I see the fascination of it. I also like the idea of the collaborative project. It's like a topic we had recently, Gonsharov, where something just kind of organically is posted online and people just kind of add to it and create a story. Yeah, they, they meme it into existence. They meme it into existence. I mean, Goncharov didn't have a lot of staying power because it was a one-joke kind of thing. But this, I think, it touches that common nerve and there's so many fascinating spaces. Now, the back rooms feels kind of limited. It's just this office thing. And then Parsons really made it into something big. And I thought the short film worked really well for what it was. Uh, I am fascinated, and you're the film guy. What I read said, like, he didn't really film it anywhere. It's all, like, computer rendered. Yeah. Is that correct?
0: Or? It's Blender and Adobe. Well, you know, the stuff at the beginning was obviously. It's kind some, of
1: fast. I mean, it looks like he's walking through a room, man. Oh, well, I know. Well,
0: the, you know, we want to talk about the craft of it if, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty. You know, the, the beginning, the, pre, the prelude shot was shot with dudes outside. That was clearly. Yeah, uh, that was clearly. Yeah, good. but then everything that was the business end of actually dealing with the back rooms was all done um, computer was, rendered. Yeah, uh, the thing is, though, is that That's this, this is really important to note, especially talking about um, the brilliance of what this kid Parsons has decided. He fused this um, ultimate backroom. You know, he, he encapsulated, I think, what makes it that feeling of the backroom, the essence of what they're, these kids are trying to scare each other with on, on the creepypasta stuff. You know, they're trying to out-out- out, out, you know, hoogie boogie each other with these pictures of just something scarier and creepier than the rest. And this guy comes in and just aces the feeling. And then what he does on top of that is he captures it all. He sets it all as if you're looking at it in 1992 through the lens of a shoulder, a VHS cassette recorder,
1: shoulder yeah. cam camera. I mean, remind me a bit of the Blair Witch Project. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, know. these are these are these aren't these are draw from old concepts. You know, there's that Twilight Zone episode where the guy falls into the wall, right? Where, which was later parodied by a very famous Simpsons episode the one with the you've seen that one where they spent a zillion dollars to make Homer and Bart like these 3D renderings Oh yeah, yeah. and right. it ends with Homer in the real world do you remember yeah, that episode I do remember it's that a parody one. of that Twilight Zone episode right. anyway um you know when I like the collaborative I, I, we moved on for the collaborative thing sorry I forgot to mention Goncharov. but there's also like we looked at the Wednesday dance right even though Wednesday is not a fan built thing the dance thing built around it is creative um so yeah, I like the short film, but as I said, it got old quick. Uh, I like it for what it was. I kept watching videos of the same thing, people wandering down these hallways and seeing mildly disturbing things. I found myself craving a little more weirdness. You know, I watched a trailer for... Uh, uh, people may have made a few video games based on the back rooms. And one of them had some imagery that I felt scratched more of an itch. Like, I kept wanting them to turn a corner and see something like inexplicably strange. And I guess that happened with the monster that chased him. But like in the, so in the video trailer, the person walked into a room and it was just the walls were covered with clocks. And I thought, all right, I like that, right? Like that just throws some incredible curveball at me. And I felt like there wasn't enough of it. It was just room after room after room after room. So that's why I said, I thought the film was very good for what it was. And I'm wary of this feature film. Are they really going to make something great out of it or is it going to be, remember that movie Paranormal Activity, the one in the, per, the people's bedroom? There was like
0: six of them, but I saw the first one, yeah.
1: I saw the first, I, I remember, I saw it and it was, everyone, oh, it's so great. It's awesome. If you like Blair Witch Project. And I kept waiting for something to happen. I kept waiting for it to get scary. Yeah,
0: it was, the, it was just the, you're steeped in creepiness is what it was. It was a right, slow Right, it was burn. just steep.
1: Right. If they just take this 10 minute movie, make it two hours of the same, it's going to be a complete failure. So it worked for what it was. Uh, I want to add one more point, something we haven't brought up. So if you go to um, uh, Reddit, where a lot of this is happening, where people talk about the backrooms, there's apparently a debate between, (laughs) this thing's three years old or whatever. Did you read about this? The backrooms purists and the backroom, the people who they think are moving on from it and posting uh, pictures of other creepy places. That's not what it's about. So there's backslash backrooms and also backslash true backrooms where people are sniping at the other people and saying they've lost the threat of backrooms this gatekeeping is just awful um you know this is just what nerds do now they create a world and then they shut everyone off from the world they they, they close the gate it's just obnoxious and it's a problem with a lot of fandom i mean that's a minor problem aspect of this but come on like I'm the real Backrooms person. There is no real Backrooms. I, just, I didn't see that. Yeah. It
0: doesn't It doesn't shock me,
1: though. I read about that. It's yeah. annoying and oh, stupid. Reddit, Go to backslash Backrooms and there's a lot of debate about this shit. And as much as I think Backrooms is kind of interesting, these people need a fucking life.
0: Well, let me tell you something about this. Again, my head went back and forth in that I read that description uh, early in the week and I was fucking, like, ganking about it. It, it was stuck in my throat like um you know, a, a, like a, a date that I couldn't swallow. And then... Um, Watching the movie, all of a sudden, I was sold watching that kid's really? short film.
1: Yeah, you know what? It, I, it was good. It I was know, good. I just but think. So, it's something more than... A two-hour movie, I got my doubts. Something to. more than it being good,
0: I realized what happened was that there was... I hate I, I hate when people say this, and again, I'm about to say it. There was a dreamlike quality to it, and I think that people misuse. They misused the term dream, but in this case, when I was watching it, I realized... This is my dream. This isn't like a, a, a oniric. It's not the idea of oh, dream ish, or it's. It is quite literally something that I have seen in my own dreams many, many times in my forty-seven years of being alive. And it's not a jump scare. It's not. I mean, there. Although there is jump scare. There scares, were a couple jump scares couple that jump really scares. worked. What, there, yeah, what there that is, really worked. What there is is something that lodged itself like a screwdriver under a floor tile in my brain, and the idea of this incredibly labyrinthine. Um, dark, poorly lit mustard colored space. Especially, again, I'm referring back to the kids' movies as, as the Ur text for this. It, it, you know, the idea is uh, all of a kind, but I think that when you refine it down to what might be the purest. Yeah, but sense- the movie
1: wasn't the Ur text. Well, for me, it is. I think that the, the movie says something more okay. than the pictures. Than the, uh, you know, the idea of playing. Yeah, this... but it takes it to the next level. Urtext text implies it all started with Kane Parsons. It right, didn't. Whatever. Okay. Part of what the, but don't say whatever. This is part. This is why we talked about it Goncharov. It's that people got together and created something. You yeah. can't ignore that. Right. Kane Parsons didn't come up with all this on his own. No,
0: but I think it's. I think it's for me. It's the purification of it down to a form that again speaks to me. It summarizes these things in a way that I hadn't seen. So to the point, I was watching this on broad daylight in my office today. And the first one ends with, it does end with a jump scare, uh, but it's a really effective jump scare. and It builds up to it pretty honestly over about 40 or 50 seconds or so. And I really like that part to the point when it ended, all of a sudden, I I could not help myself. I looked behind me to make sure there was nothing there. It was completely, I have not felt that way in years watching creepy wow. movie stuff. Yeah, and it's wow. like and I think that again, just sort of seeing this kinship, it was a handshake deal with this the visib the the visuals that he came up with. And I realized that the idea of being inside these large Again, it's like an office park, right? I mean, it's almost like looking at a place. It's not a park. It's just you're walking through endless hallways. I know, but the drop ceiling and the floor. and, and the floor. Yeah. I mean, that in that particular aesthetic. But I love the other things. It's like, again, empty spaces that have been abandoned. You know, we built these things and you wonder who built them and what purpose are they for and why are they empty? And, you know, other than like the mall thing, like you're saying, I have seen a lot of urban spelunking. You know, I'm always disappointed when you see people have been chipping away at it and spraying, you know, like broken down shit is one thing. Because it's like, well, this is uninhabited, but clearly people have been here and they've stepped on it. Anytime you see something that you know, has, been, has been dispossessed, but but clearly stepped on, I don't feel the same sense of des- desolation from a, a broken in mall that people have been going inside of for decades. The feeling of seeing something that hasn't been touched, the feeling of a space that's been empty and a vacuum for a long time is very creepy there's just something about it that gets under my skin if you're not careful and you no clip out of reality in the wrong areas you'll end up in the back rooms where it's nothing but the stink of old moist carpet the madness of mono yellow the endless background
1: noise of fluorescent lights at maximum humbuzz and approximately 600 million square miles of randomly segmented empty rooms to be trapped in why i mean you said you thought the movie was great but you know why has it gotten enough popularity beyond you that you know? I know you. The only movie you like is that Jean Dielman movie yeah, yeah. from 1975. Uh, <laughs> nice reference. That, now there are two movies you like. Uh, why? Why did it catch on?
0: So this is like you said. I think one of the things you described when you just brought up the Wednesday Dance earlier the user the yeah. idea of the user derived phenomenon where everyone can play at home, and you know if you if you post the, if you have the right picture, let's say from somewhere, maybe you find online, maybe it's actually. A picture of your grandmother's living room from like 1978 and you happen to get the right like you know uh, bleached out photo and you scan it or take a picture of it and put it there it's like you can nail this yourself with something that only you could find it's entirely possible that playing the game at home you know it, it, that kind of stuff is as grassroots as you can get without the interference and this is also beautiful without the interference of a massive corporate body either trying to draw your attention to feeble product or co-opting something which has been long since cooled which, again, I mean, the, the danger zone is like, are the A24s of the world, is this what they're going to do? Like you said, to make a really mediocre and pedestrian film. Are you going to take something that was legit, cool, and, and grassroots, and then astroturf it to something that's weak by sanding down the edges and making it a stupid movie that's got, you know, at least three or four quadrants to it? Um, but, and, and also, look, this thing is is genuinely creepy and, and sort of untamed, you know? There's there's a shock and danger to what you're, what you're looking at. It. A movie that no kid has ever seen, but it reminds you of Eraserhead. You know, Eraserhead has this look of being a Samizdat. You know, there's a and there's a few different things in culture which have that ascent. So like you said, the Blair Witch Project is another one. It's like either this is something that's been copied over and over again that people have handed down almost like uh, black markety style. It, you know, it's either something you're not supposed to have, like Faces of Death was as a VHS tape in the old days. But the idea is oh, also. Oh man!
1: Remember renting that? That was Holy huge. Shit. Yeah, it was a really you yeah.
0: know the, the shock and the the the, the foreboden feeling of having something like that. This isn't Faces of Death, but it's the idea that you're getting a chance to look at something, or at least people are creating something you're not supposed to see. Like they see through pictures and they see to the truth of the picture that it it, it goes to this phenomenon. Uh, so also, um, one thing I actually like about this, the, the the thing I like about it a lot, and that's why I bring up the dream thing earlier, is that. This is a fresh look at, uh, I mean, these aren't maybe the right terms, but the sort of fear and terror that has almost been baked into the built environment. Um, You know, the the examples that I've seen were set in dingy and drab corridors, the movie especially. Again, one of the things that really, you know, the bell frequency just absolutely, you know, ringed my ear and woke me up. It was these dingy and drab corridors, drop ceilings, mustard color for fluorescent lighting, endless hallways filled with nothing. You know, and and, and the movie that this kid Parsons came up with looks like the office park that your mother and father worked in during the 1970s, 80s and 90s, you know, barren locations were verve and hope soulless soulless Soulless. died at the door but and it's like again some of the other pictures of like that was somebody's house the original picture was a
1: room in somebody's house
0: and it's like i'm
1: not sure people think it might have been completely okay all right no one knows where it was yeah
0: Yeah. but i mean there, there i i know for a fact that there are pictures that exist in photo albums on Long island of parlors and living rooms from the year 78 to like 80 one or 83 and it's like to look back and it's like at one point that was the something that looks so weird and unlivable like you know antiseptic or old or somehow not fit for human life was just where people lived in the old days beige colored rooms with linoleum tile you know it's like is this really human scaled but i think you know the other thing uh, in particular for me the horror of the built environment for instance those office parks you know like that tv show severance has this as like one of its visual themes is that it is windowless rooms corridor walls indoor outdoor carpeting drop ceilings fluorescent lighting and that's why the guy wants to just have it blasted out of his head that he's there he doesn't, he doesn't he doesn't want to go to work and have his life to deal he just he wants to abandon his creative sense go to work and then pick his life up when he leaves the office again and using the communal office space using the place that was built just to have cube farms as a sense of dread is really brilliant i mean like we are getting around i mean how many things are left noah to sort of purpose as scary you know the 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 toehold of of horror and fear you know i'm saying it's like We've done uh, hospitals. We've done old ladies. You know, we've done religious rites. We've done restaurants. We've done you know I don't know farms. All this shit. You know, we did Midsummer, which is like Norwegian horror. People running around on a farm somewhere in Oslo, and it's like there are a few things left to sort of plunder and purpose. And this is one of those things. Like it's it's ready for its time to be an aesthetic.
1: Yeah. No, I think you're you're basically right. Um, I want to quote. There was a good article. I should. Sorry, I didn't send this to you. There was a good article about this in Vice. And they quoted someone, I don't, I didn't write down who it is, but someone with some authority. And they said, so many people grew up in the odd, I mean, this is a lot of what you just said. So many people grew up in the odd transitional period of the 2000s, where things from the past sat almost completely unchanged, unchanged, and unchanged. Unmaintained, buildings unrenovated. It's just one of those odd shared experiences. And yes, you're absolutely right. The bland, very officey type of office is something that was like the lettuce in the salad of commerce for decades and decades. And you know this might be a pandemic thing, but it's changing very, it was changing in the early 2000s, you know, the open concept, right? Uh, work life has been changing and it was, that was accelerated by the pandemic. And now it's a hallmark of an earlier age, that kind of stuff. And nostalgia's popular, right? You know, anything that's a hallmark of an earlier age is gonna have some pull on someone. Um, and also just the way the internet works with whether it's CGI rendering, whether it's the collaborative ability of something like 4chan or Reddit, uh, is technology that wasn't available to people in the past and rapidly becomes more and more available and more and more, you know, convincing the fact that they could CGI render those rooms. Can you believe it would be stunning a to a computer nerd that, or 20 it's years amazing. ago? amazing. Yeah. Which child. Yeah, exactly. Um, Another quote here from that article. Again, I don't know who it is. The supernatural has always held appeal, and these sort of memes work so well because they invite you to interpret what's not shown. I mean, that's a key to horror, you know, what you don't see. Blair Witch Project, right? They work best because they don't explain themselves, basically inviting groups to engage with the scraps of material found or created and can be a lot of fun for people to talk about and think about. Yes, and I've said this with a lot of our topics. It's our brains are so stuffed with garbage, that we're looking for creative and fun ways to use the garbage or to stimulate ourselves with the garbage. And horror is a way to stimulate yourself, right? So that explains a lot of its appeal. Obviously, uh, the movie's genuinely scary. We said this. Parsons did, you know, a good job. You think a great job. I think a good job. Um, but yeah, in terms of the garbage in your mind, something else is, I, you know, maybe we're bored, and I like this idea of the no clipping, the going into the part of the video game you're not supposed to go into. I mean, I remember feeling that way when I played video games when I was a kid, right? Do you remember, sorry, this comes to me. Do you remember Leisure Suit Larry? Leisure Suit Larry? Oh, I knew of I knew and it, but I never played it. It was fucking awesome. Somehow I got that on my Apple IIe and kids would come over to play it. It was an adult video game and we felt really naughty playing at 12 years old. And I just remember you were supposed to talk to some people, not supposed to talk to others. I kept trying to talk to the people I wasn't supposed to talk to. I don't know why. I kept trying to break the walls because it's an open game. You're supposed to go places and talk to people, but you're not supposed to go everywhere. You're not supposed to interact with every object. And I kept trying to interact with the things you couldn't. Um, So we want to explore the world that's not meant to explore. Uh, You know, like I said, maybe we've gotten bored. We're sick of the food. We want to eat the plate. We've grown tired of the toy. Now we want to play with a box.
0: Back rooms are tied very closely with the idea of liminal space. Liminal generally refers to the process of transition, and specifically the idea of a threshold. Now, the transition can mean a personal change, but it can also mean the point where our perception becomes limited. No, would this have done anything for you as a kid? I mean, knowing how that's essentially how this was uh, user generated yeah. in the first place.
1: Absolutely. I'd be all over this if I were a kid now. Absolutely. As I said, I loved exploring weird places. That dream I still remember of the candy store. That's um, a potent dream. I, you know, I've never had one like dreams. that, but I really appreciate that. Going down streets, you never know. There was a street? Going back to my town in New Jersey. You know what? I'm, am I going back to this town? No, I'm going near this town. But I've been ta- back to this town a few times. I still know a few, few people there. And I I should go, like, that long cut I mentioned. There was a street I went down once, like this dead-end street. I have weird memories of walking down it. Maybe this was a dream. Seeing these weird, tiny houses. Seeing, like, a little person working in front of one of the houses. I mean, this can't be entirely accurate, but this is my memory. And, like, I want to go back and visit these places. I'm fascinated by these strange, odd worlds that are right beyond what I see. You know, I sometimes think about when I sit in my apartment, I sit anywhere, what was here a hundred years ago? What was here 500 years ago? If I could just neatly teleport through time, but stay in the exact same spot, where would I find myself? Who would I be with? You know, I, I just, I can't put that into words. Maybe it's an uncanny valley thing, but just weird places that are just beyond this Veil of reality. Yeah. Okay. And man, as a kid, I would have loved it. But I want one more story from childhood that came to mind. It's hilarious. So the first summer camp sleep, my parents used to ship me off to sleepweight camp every summer. And the first, the first summer they shipped me off, I went for a month. I was, I think, I turned eight right before I went. I turned eight in July, and I went in August. And they, I was the youngest group of kids, boys, and they had us in this like house, this cabin, and just bunk beds in this house. And there was an attic that we never went into. In fact, the bunk bed I was in was up against the door to the attic. You couldn't go into the attic, right? And the rumor among the kids was that up in the attic, an axe murderer lived. We all knew his name. We would talk about Mr. Whatever. I don't remember what his name was. But an axe murderer was up there. A couple people claimed they had seen him peeking out from the window of the attic. Uh, we would we would know how he wa- he dragged his leg behind him. He was an axe murderer. And I think at the time, I 75% knew this was bullshit. There was a little part of me that wondered if there really was an ex murderer. Of course, this of door course. that was up against my up against the bunk bed of eight year olds at summer camp. Do you really think that people who run the camp aren't gonna like look and see what's in the attic? And if an ex murderer is somehow up there surviving, they're not gonna do something. Like they I mean, would
0: definitely interfere with the insurance claim. I think you definitely <laughs> want to make sure that it's checked out.
1: Like. Yes, I mostly knew it was bullshit, but there was a little part of me that's like, don't go up there, old Mr. whatever the ex-murderer. <laughs> you have an abundance of caution about it, absolutely. But it was fascinating. It was, it, was Even though I knew it was bullshit, I thought about it because it had that pull on you. The place you're not supposed to go, but it's right there. That's part of it. It's right there. It's not that it's a million miles away. It's right beyond, you know, through one door, and you're in this magical land. I mean, we see that. It, it's a, a part of old stories, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Right? You walk through the wardrobe, you find yourself on another world. I don't know what that is. It's just... No, it's primal. Beyond, it's primal. Yeah. Just beyond where we are. I mean, we should talk to a psychologist about this. Anyway, yes, I would have been more into it as a kid because I was more fascinated with that stuff then. Now I'm kind of more cynical, so not as much.
0: You know, I think of... Um, I'd definitely be interested, but um, in terms of the community-built sensibility, I um, I, I don't think I, that's not true. I mean, of course I do memes and I do, we do a podcast and, you know, we put out stuff that just, you know, we're, we're contributing to chatter and media and, and all that stuff. Um, and some, you know, some of it's self-serving and it just comes out of stuff that we love and that, that's great. But I think about like zine culture and stuff from like when we were teen, I, I didn't get into zine culture myself, but um you know, I, I do know that that is a, that was a way to celebrate comics and music and things like that. in pop culture was essentially just to go out and make it yourself, make some kind of coverage yourself. Yeah, I you know, yeah. I think back to um uh web 1.0, uh, you know, people would create HTML websites about like Andy Summers, like, like I did, I, I, like a two page website about Andy Summers with my primordial HTML uh tech um coding skills. I did in '94. When one of the guys who's an adjunct at the computer lab was starting to teach us how to, you know, essentially make a notepad document and learn, uh, you know, coding. And it was like a great youthful buy-in to something at the ground floor. Um, You know, and to to twin this with the idea that I go back to the best stuff about the movie um, or the chain of movies, the sort of little bit of logic. I guess the whole thing together is probably about an hour or 40 minutes worth of content between something like five or six movies that... Go, this kid Parsons movies mm-hmm. between between ten minutes. No, I f- think he did
1: fifteen follow ups.
0: Fifteen follow ups. I watched. I re- watched two of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I watched. Three They're ref- all the same though. They're all the same. I, you know what? Actually, there's a story to them. I could see where he's going with it. And I really. It's appreciate There's a story grafted on one
1: of them, and it's very Stranger Things esque. It is, it's, but actually, we found I, this other world, and we're sending scientists in to study it. I really and appreciate we it, yeah. it. We it regret meant, it because it's dangerous. It meant more to me than Stranger Things did.
0: But yes, yeah, <laughs> but but also, but yeah, you
1: think Stranger Things is 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 worse than the. Yeah, the, it basically is fueling the rise of, of Nazis. I think it so conflates Netflix party. with Stranger
0: Things, but that could be two different things. But, but this, is, this is repudiating, at least that thing in particular, is repudiating the office environment hell that um, people want to avoid. The, the idea is like, why did Nerf guns and pool tables and cereal bars proliferate in the, in the 2000s among hip offices? You know, and, yeah, but and
1: that's that's not this. This stuff is the boring offices of the no, 70s but, and, and 80s, what I'm yes. where you had to pay for coffee. Yes, you know? and,
0: and it's like, well, but the world that we live in is again, like you said before, the idea it's trended away from the kind of thing that you'd have to wear a short sleeve button shirt with a shitty tie, right? And then right. go into this place that just smelled like a bunch of people who would go out for smoke breaks and they would come back in smelling of the Marlboros yeah. or the Camels that they chain smoked. <laughs> yeah. And it's like this is a repu- This is a continued repudiation. Okay, yeah, but of course, beanbag chairs. And stuff like that is that as well but that's like you're still talking about working in the office this like picks that whole thing up and smash it picks it up over his head and throws it against the wall it tries to break it and smash it into some little pieces with the verve of um youth with the verve of, of a child we can presume that during the two or so days temps Step in the complex he met door of the idea that he could somehow escape through an alternate threshold but Still held on to the belief that all of us here were working to trap him in some way, despite our
1: actions saying exactly the opposite. Bill, is the rise of the uh of the backrooms phenomenon and Kane Parsons as the greatest filmmaker of our age, the horror auteur of the mid-2020s, uh is any of that a sign of the apocalypse?
0: Uh no, no, but um you know I I could definitely see this becoming another postmodern footnote like the Slender Man I mean the, the Slender Man I guess was parallel to the beginning of the show I forget when like the, the Slender Man's peak was like 2018, 2017 or something like that
1: I think 2014 they made a Slender Man movie that no one watched yeah I think the Slender Man attempted murderers were- or. 2014 or maybe? earlier than that okay. yesterday yeah
0: maybe yeah. Like that. Uh, yeah it's like so uh, look un- unless some some naive somewhere decides to murder a classmate because they think that they're a servant of the empty room that exists beyond the yeah. wallpaper appealing yeah. uh no that's the uh, then that, that's you're talking about like paranoid schizophrenic delusion is but you know that we already have that in the world we don't need to introduce yeah. it that yeah. already exists And
1: people exactly think, I, I i will side it's not a very left-wing thing to say but I feel like people like that will find some excuse to kill people if not. Yeah. yeah. If not the backrooms will find it, some it other doesn't, It to doesn't it
0: doesn't generate someone. yeah that that that, that, yeah. that right that behavior finds a purchase and it this will not create that behavior. That behavior will find this thing to latch onto. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, backrooms don't kill people. People kill people.
0: So do you find it a uh, sign I controls?
1: I find there are many possible apocalyptic aspects of this. Really? First of all, the ultra realistic rendering of a room. I mean, now we're going down the the face swap hole, where people are going to make videos of things that never happened, and someone's going to make a video of you know Joe Biden raping a chicken, and that's going to lose his election, and we're going to be living in a in a fascist theocracy because hey, buddy, of. Uh, I just want to tell face. you, there's no way I'd rape a chicken. No way, <laughs> wouldn't happen. You know what? Politicians lie, but that's one thing I believe. Uh, two. Uh, the gatekeeping thing I talked about is just ridiculous, especially something like this that was built organically. Gatekeeping is just it's that the fucking level. comic book
0: shop again. You know, I mean, it's, it's so
1: the, anti-community. It's so how are we going to solve our problems if everyone's just I did it first, therefore you're violating my rights, blah blah blah. Uh, you know, the the collaborative thing I think might be great in that you know we we work together to creatively solve problem. I mean, this isn't solving problem, building things. But but now you have Kane Parsons making a movie with A24. So if this movie's a hit, it's just gonna be the Kane Parsons thing. And in some respect he will have ripped these people off. I mean, you know, these people threw it out there knowing they would never have some kind of ownership right, over right, it. Yeah. But this idea that one person who gets their foot in the door gets credit for everyone else's work, that dovetails quite a bit with a lot of problems with the business world now. And then here's the big one. When we were kids, you know, we talked about having these fantasies when we were kids, right? Those are fantasies that just pinged around our brain. We might not have even shared them with anyone. So much of life is thinking, walking down the street and musing, staring at the wall and thinking, just being, let your brain work. Fantasy is such an important part of the human experience. And I think our minds are weaker because we don't sit and stare and think. We don't walk down the street. You know, people joked about how the Walkman, when the Walkman um, became popular in the early 80s, how it pacified the human race. And I think, you know, it, it, definitely that was hi- hyperbolic, but it's the start of something. Instead of walking down the street and just thinking all the time, now you had some, You could listen to music. Now you're listening to podcasts right? Or you're on the phone. If there is a whole subgenre of fantasy of the liminal spaces, which I think there is, we certainly will feel that, instead of just having these fantasies that build the brain, that build a inner life where, you know, that leads to curiosity and intelligence, we, ha- we have it created. We have it online. I think this is one of the big undersung problems with the internet is that we think less because all the info is there you know what i mean it it, it is a detriment to inner fantasy life and inner fantasy life is key to creating art and creating curiosity and learning and exploring and philosophy i mean i know this sounds a little over the top what i'm saying but the more i say it the more i believe it (laughs)
0: No, we're going to bring it home with our final two uh, segments mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Tell me about jealousy. Uh, where does that fit oh, into our nomination?
1: First of all, jealous of Kane Parsons. You know, he's 17. Jesus Christ. And, you know, his name is Kane Parsons. I, I can't tell if I'm jealous of that or I hate that. <laughs> he, sounds like a, he sounds like
0: a guy who drives Formula race cars.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, no, he sounds like a, a the, the secret identity of a real shitty superhero. Um... And look, as much as I talk about it's terrible that we externalize fantasy, we crave it, right? I mean, why do you think people like pornography? It's not like they'd, ra- some people would rather fantasize about naked women, but most people crave, we crave this creation of the world. I would have loved uh, to build a model of the candy store on the other side of my wall, right? I want to go back and see the long cut, right? I crave that instead of just being happy running through it in my mind. When I see it, I'm going to be disappointed because there's going to be yeah, I, I like nothing. It. First I like... of all, it's probably been turned into something else so, in the yeah, last tracked homes. Tra- I'm sure. Right, but it wasn't even that. It was just a backyard. If it's if I could see a photo of what it was like, I'm sure it's not nearly as mystical and magical as it is in my memory. But for some reason, I want to see that. We want to. It's like the trend of everyone wanting a prequel movie. Oh, how did Leatherface become that way? We want that, but we're almost inevitably disappointed. You want the
0: yearn. You dread, it, you're better off with the yearn.
1: You're better off with the yearn, but we can't accept that. So I'm jealous that all my fantasies of childhood didn't didn't get created and seen and made into videos on the internet. Even though I know I'm probably my mind is probably richer for that omission in my life. Yeah, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, I, the easy thing in this case, you know, because this to this for me coalesced in the form of. Of Kane Parsons, where you know this is a young man who clearly exhibits this. It's not just the expertise technically, you know, um, which would be really dry if somebody shows how well they can. Pl- plenty of people can go about making things. The technicians who create the special effects sometimes are artists, and a lot of times they're craftspeople. You know, they're th- the people that make something really nicely, but they don't have the, the soul of a poet inside of them. Now, it doesn't you know? You need people to do that. Um, you know, you, what you do need is you need the carpenters who also have the idea for the beauty and the Baroque, you know, something that is just absolutely disgustingly gorgeous to make out of the wood with that skill. But it's like, I, you know, yes, I'd probably give anything to have A24 knock on my door when I was 16 years old and say, hey, in between using your, your tippy cup and going to soccer practice and having your mom put you in a car seat in your, in your minivan. In your suburb, can you go and make a movie for us starring Tobey Maguire or whatever the fuck this shit's gonna Toby be? Tobey Maguire. I'm just pulling. What do you
1: think the odds are this movie's any good?
0: Uh, no, the uh, the odds are zero because zero. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Jesus, I'll man. tell you why zero is because th- 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 zero. because the people that the people that are um, they're feeding this into the producerial staff are people who produce these things. They're on a factory. They're on rails. They take good ideas, and you know they're very popular, but they are rarely by the time they hit the market, they've been they've been sanded down and and defanged and stuff like that.
1: And you don't give. I mean, yes, he's a kid, but you don't give Kane Parsons any. You like his work so far. You think he's just going to be steamrolled? That well, that I, no none of his creativity will 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 peek through in the final. Product. I think it'll be co opted, and I ultimately
0: they got it. They got a script in from some guy. I forget the guy's name off the top of my head, but he wrote a couple of TV shows. The guy who they're using in his text, his story is a is experienced TV guy, and I think that when you're going to do that, you're going to be asking this kid Kane Parsons to acquit the vision of somebody else with his style, and I don't think that's going to work. I think you're talking about people who are non-native to this. Kane Parsons is native to this. He understands that he grew up with it. This inspired right. something from the very deep. Everyone else is doing it because they're a paid professional who they wake up in the morning right. and they write a script. Maybe it gets made. Maybe it doesn't. Okay. You know. I
1: think I, I would say it's 50-50. fifty. You're saying zero. So you're you're always more cynical than me, which right. is amazing. So where's this fall on the um, scale, Noah? All right. So so you know, I mentioned Goncharov, which seemed to be a similar phenomenon, right? Just the world building online. Uh, this seems a little richer and definitely has more staying power. No one was gonna make a Goncharov movie. Goncharov was one joke, you know, there and gone. We we hit it at the right time. So then I thought the horror element, so I said Goncharov times Terrifier 2, you know, the last real gory horror movie we saw. So Goncharov times roots, Terrifier 2. Horror too. Right. But but then you get a really big number and this isn't nearly there yet. So I said Goncharov times Terrifier 2 and then I thought the uncanny valley element minus Mathegan, right? So Goncharov times Terrifier 2 minus Mathegan. That might still be a little high on the XYZ axis, but but I, I'm going to I'm gonna throw that in the uh, in the bingo ball uh, shaker and see what see what pops out. <laughs> Be generous that way. Um, well, I was I was bowled over by something
0: that I found in Congress at first, um, and now uh, I feel like this this grassroots thing must reside for me in the top quarter of topics we've covered. On the basis of being wow. kind, of, kind of turned around by it. Uh, essentially, I I think the story the story with me is the is the little narrative I went through in my office. That I didn't expect to go through because I I started off the day telling my wife how I was sort of shitting on this as a topic and I hope there's something to talk about and thinking, oh my God, not only is there something to talk about, I'm very enthusiastic about what this was. So, and I hate to be timely about this, but I'm going to say this anyway, it reminds me of all things Noah of Rick and Morty which had its own very tortured week or so because justin Roil- oh, yeah. yeah justin yeah. Roiland getting kicked off rick and morty but it's still the idea is like when when i first saw rick and morty i thought what is this really oh pr- pretending to be transgressive thing that's just trying to be a rude cartoon and it's like oh actually i like rick and morty quite a bit from jump upon watching it the rough visual the crude visuals belied uh something kind of fun and and you know there was something meaningful inside the animation a lot more funny than i thought so that's the last time i might have experienced this sort of um uh you know w- weird little jagged family circus really? dotted line escape from the house thing
1: i mean there's so much more artistry to rick and morty oh uh, yeah you know? yeah that's true but i mean again i mean i i didn't love rick and morty but man there's creativity to that animation's good there's a lot going on in rick and morty i, I don't know i think you're Whatever, but but hey, if this turned you around, if this brought you joy where you didn't expect it, how can I argue with that? So much of the joy of life is surprise, I mean, right? You'll find a finding that you'll find a way to argue with it, though. Right, this was the candy store you discovered beyond the wall of your bedroom.
0: All right, everybody, if you'd like to find past episodes of our show, look on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher, tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show, write to us Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail dot yeah, gmail.com. Let's not forget, uh, give us a review on the Let's aggregators. Not Let's, Let's not we forget. forget. Yeah, let's not so forget. Uh, aggregator review, give it to us. People find us that way. Uh, increases activity algorithm, blah, blah, blah. You know the rest. I'm on Twitter at William Scurry. My video stuff is on YouTube. Um, much more humane and human-scaled, warmer colors, things that don't involve empty rooms filled with just banal architecture. That is YouTube.com slash And now here's Noah.
1: Yes, as I mentioned earlier, the Big Quiz Thing. 20 years now, bigquizthing.com. Uh, we're we're celebrating our 20th anniversary. We have a little video project that's coming out soon. Stay tuned, hopefully in the next month. Uh, but our thing is really the finest in corporate and private trivia events nationwide, worldwide, in person, virtually. Uh, February's working out to be busy for us. We're happy. We're starting to book for the summer. And new fun feature on our website. Um, you know, People always ask us, Bill, seriously. like They're like, what does it cost? And we don't like to put that flat out there because... Every event is customized, and, you know, you need to talk to one of our representatives first before we know what you need. But we have added a a calculator to our website, so you can get a rough estimate of your price even before you inquire. So, you know, hey, we don't want to waste your time, folks. Uh, So check out BigQuisting.com, learn all about it, watch videos, have a good time, and uh, hire us for your own uh, live trivia spectacular uh, par excellence.
0: So until our next action-packed episode where two microphones are broadcasting hundreds of thousands of miles away in two pumpkin-colored rooms with faintly humming fluorescent lights overhead shot from a great distance, hundreds of yards down empty corridors, we We don't don't get
1: get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2023.